There are five times more hires made through Indeed.com than any other job site. Imagine a lottery that had five times more winners. A Sunday with five times more touchdowns. When you're hiring, it makes five times more sense to use Indeed. Right now, we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, today's guest studied art history and urban planning, of all things, but made it big on Wall Street, becoming the youngest member of his firm's board of directors. He moved to the MGM Grand Inc. as the chief financial officer and soon moved up to president, then chief operating officer and finally chairman and CEO, guiding the company through a decade of spectacular growth and staying the course through the recession when it was literally on its knees. The company he leads today is honored for its diversity and corporate responsibility in, of all places, Las Vegas. Hey, he rolled the dice and decided to join us today here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Welcome MGM Resorts International, James Murin, the chairman and CEO. So how's business in Vegas going right now? Well, Jeff, fortunately, it's, it's doing well. Mm-hmm. We've had a, a good start to the year. Uh, we finished off 2014 on a high note, and that momentum has carried us into this year. And we're quite optimistic. We think we're going to have a very solid year in 2015. Well, I don't want to get too much in the finance or any of that, because I, I just want to talk about you know lessons that we learn and things like that. But when I talk about Vegas, it's a lot more Vegas for you guys. I mean, you guys are everywhere now. We've gotten to be a pretty big company. Yeah, yeah we have uh, a lot of properties here, 10 of them. But we're uh, in Macau, in China. We're building non-gaming hotels throughout Asia, the Middle East, Europe. Uh, we have a major presence in the, on the East Coast of the United States, and we're building two huge projects, one right outside of Washington, D.C., in Maryland. That's a, over a billion-dollar project. And that project coming along okay? Because as I recall back... During some history, there was a little bit of flack on that, like some not-in-my-backyard kind of stuff. Yeah, there was a referendum back, it was called Question 7, a few years ago, and uh, we overwhelmingly won that. Yeah, that's And uh, so that, yeah, we just, I was back there a couple weeks ago, we just hired our 1,000th construction worker, and it opens next year. And we're going to put 4,000 men and women to work. I'm really you, you have to kind of speak. I, you know, I, you and I have met a couple different times. You have to kind of speak in those terms of job creation. I, you, you do a good job with it, by the way, which I think is interesting because if I recall, you're like an art history major. I am. Yeah. So, which, it, I, which in itself, you're the first successful art history major well, I've ever Brad Pitt <laughs> said, it's reputable in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> It's you reputable. Go. Well, you stick with that. Okay. You stick with that. <laughs> Keep your day job, too. But you, you kind of get into that, don't you, Jim? I mean, you've had to learn to do that in the corporate thing. I mean, in fact, you gave me one of the greatest compliments ever uh, that I had as a journalist, if I call myself a journalist. You said on my television show, you don't have to talk about the numbers. You get to talk about the value. That's right. And Which I always like to talk about. And, but you have to kind of speak that way as a publicly traded company alone. Well, you have a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of responsibilities. Um, the shareholders want to know about 
what do you, how are you doing financially? Um, the bondholders want to know how you're covering the debt. The uh, community partners want to know how you're going to interact with the community. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're a, a, a family of 63,000 uh, employees. Mm -hmm. That represents about 200,000 lives. And we're going to be hiring about 20,000 jobs over the next couple of years. So you have to think about you know, where your, what your role is. And uh, for me, because I have a great finance team, I've got a great accounting team. For me, it's about creating uh, the opportunities uh, for the company, the employees, and the culture. Is that the way you really look at it? I mean, it, taking care of them first, and that the rest of it follows? Or is it, do you have to throw a little bit more vision out there to get it done? You, you have to, it's the, Everyone does a strategic plan. If you were across the hall, there mm -hmm. are a bunch of people right now working on our strategic plan for next year. And we're sitting here in April, so they're getting ready. That's fast. Yeah. When's your fiscal year? Is it calendar year? We're calendar year. So, so we're already go, we're going to be off-site in May. We start on this, and we bring it to the board in September. There's never a time that you're not in that going plan. through something. Yeah, people don't plan. realize that in the big companies, I, and having been in one, you know, a company of a similar size to yours, we were always were in those plans. And I, oversaid, I oversaw the strategy strategy part. And so I had a team who was just working on that, you know, all the time. All year. And yeah. because things are happening all the time in different inputs. But the, the, the point is that culture eats strategy for lunch. If you yeah. don't have the right culture. Well, that's a tweetable quote right there. I um, like that. <laughs> but it, well, you, you can have the greatest strategy. You can put bound it, in a, bound it in a great book. You can, you know, display it to the world. But if you don't have the culture, the internal culture of a company, and so many times, um, companies fail, even if they have good strategic plans, oh, they absolutely. don't have the culture. You know, I, I sometimes refer to culture is important, but so is mood. you got to have a good mood. Yeah. What do you think about mood? What do you think the mood of your company is right now? If I walked around and started talking to the employees, what would be the mood? The mood is they're pumped. Yeah. They're happy. Um, you know, this is a company that survived the recession. That and has, you, guys were at, you guys were at the cliff a couple of times, right? Yeah, I mean, we or at least on a, at once. We were on our knees. Yeah. Um, let's be honest. I mean, it was... Ugly. Well, the whole industry was there for a while. That's right. Yeah. And so now you walk around and people are really excited about the fact that their tips are higher, more people are staying here. It's packed. We're growing. Oh, wait. We're <laughs> it's packed. packed. And we're building. So uh, we're building a brand new arena right next door, 20,000 seat arena. It opens next April. It'll be the, the killer arena of the United States, the best you've ever seen. They see that because they live here. They drive by. Well, you got a pretty good one down there. I've, I've filled that up and spoken at that before. Yes, I think have. it's about 8,000 people or so. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it fits more than that. Which No, the one you've said, it's got 16,000. Oh, wow. Well, well, I didn't have that many in the seats yeah, when I spoke, but it, I still felt pretty good at 8,000. So. Well, 8,000 is now, a lot. Now, now you made me feel bad, but that's well, other way. But I'll try, that's I'm going to go Rod for the Stewart. 20. <laughs> yeah. Oh, better than Rod? Oh, wow. You beat Rod. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm younger and more agile. So when, <laughs> and I've had dinner with Rod, so there I can say that. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. There are five times more hires made through Indeed.com than any other job site. Imagine a lottery that had five times more winners, a Sunday with five times more touchdowns. When you're hiring, it makes five times more sense to use Indeed. Right now, we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortinet. I consider myself a millennial. Um, in that a millennial is a state of mind. And so I do use the technology and the, and the little uh, things to help with my time management and apps. And well, so there you go. What's your favorite app? <laughs> uh, I use Yelp a lot. Do you? Yeah. I, I like use, Yelp. I like Yelp. I use Yelp a lot. I like OpenTable. You ever use that? I have. You I'm don't need open that. table. You're the chairman. You got we the get, best restaurants in the world right have, here on the property. Uh, I do pretty well, well on our tables. I, I got to imagine that if you call, you can get me a table, right? <laughs> I might be able to wander in with you and we'll be able to find Maybe, a spot. Maybe, yeah, someone, there'll be someone eating and all of a sudden their <laughs> stuff goes away. I mean, <laughs> I would hate to see. I have a few, I have a few relationships with restaurants. I think, in fact, you and I first met when we hospitality for my, I don't spend money on the, the gaming side. That's right. But I spend sixty seventy thousand dollars at your restaurants here at MGM in Vegas because I'm here every month. Month on hospitality for my clients. You, you That's are, a big portion of your business. You are you are right in my strike zone because yeah. you know you, this used to be a place as you know in Las Vegas where gamblers went on vacation. Now it's a place where vacationers may gamble or business people may gamble, and I'm agnostic to it. Seventy uh, percent of my revenue is non-gaming here, and we make more revenue here at Bellagio. We're sitting here at Bellagio in our restaurants, in our convention facilities, in our retail. Uh, and our spas than we do in the casino. Um, the casino is, for many people, so, an afterthought. Yeah, but so they look at you, when you look at MGM, and if you're a stockholder, most people would think, or just anybody that's looking at the business, you would think that you're, you're, a, you're a casino business. I mean, the questions I asked from fans came in mostly about casinos. Right. But, you're, but most of your revenue is not coming from that. Yes. That's, what about your profit, though? Um, even, even a majority of our profit here in Las Vegas is non-casino. The casino part's fun, it's exciting, it's provocative, but um, it's, it's only one dimension we're doing. I'm opening a hotel next year in Shanghai, uh, right on the Bund. It's a Bellagio. It's, there's no casino at all to it. It's going to look like one of the buildings that are out there. Shanghai's like an unbelievable skyline when you look at it at night. It looks like it's a Jetsons. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. This was actually <laughs> going to be pretty low, uh, low because it's very exclusive. Mm -hmm. And it's costing a new tremendous amount of money, and it would be ultra, ultra high end. So it's not one of those big high rises. It's, it's right near the Peninsula hotel yeah in, i know where uh, that's in shanghai yeah the, but you know that's almost like a, isn't that kind of a I, I don't know if i use the term oxymoron but you don't think that when you think of china you don't think of luxury i mean i don't think of it or most people wouldn't given the politics of the country well you know it's evolving um and there's a tremendous amount of money there a oh it's huge of wealth and and well, sort of a lot of people and if they even if all the people had one dollar it's that's <laughs> billions a lot of money. right exactly right <laughs> <laughs> what what's what's the you, you know you said the toughest part of the job was managing the resources, time kind of thing. What's, what is the easiest part of the job? What's the easiest part about being a CEO? Uh, it's the easiest part if, and can I have to caveat that, mm -hmm. if you have the right people around you, the right men and women that are in your C-suite, that are in your executive teams, that are in the management levels, the easiest part about the job and the most exciting is to see people grow and to see projects come to fruition. To actually go from that strategy that we were talking about earlier and actually see it come to life. Um, that's, uh, for me, uh, not only the easiest part because a lot of people are doing that work, but it's certainly the most gratifying. Um, 
there isn't a day in my life that I don't think about MGM um, because we're a 24-7 business. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. Um, my what's, wife your, what's, I, your, what's your day like? When do you come in? I, like, I like to get in the office by 7, maybe a little bit earlier. I certainly get up much earlier and do my, I do about an hour of email before then. So my, my, my life's changed a little bit because when my kids were home, um, my wife kicked me out of the house uh, early because mm -hmm. getting ready for the, you know, for school and stuff like that. So I'd get in here around 5, 5.30, do some emails like you do, and then I'd hit the gym here at Bellagio, and then I'd come back to work. Now that we're empty nesters, um, I work out more at home and have uh, coffee with my wife. So I don't get in here until about 7.30 or 8.00. And oh, you're a slacker. Right? I'm a slacker. Yeah. I'm goofing. <laughs> <laughs> that, but but that's, a, that's a luxury, though. Now. It becomes like a luxury to you when you made that change, didn't it? I mean, it was I, like... I thought I was getting away with something. Yeah. I felt guilty. Yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I yeah. was like, has someone seen me over no, here? No, I, I do that when I work I mean, at home, too. my bunny slippers and yeah. it's like 6.30 yeah. in the end morning. That's pretty cool. Well, we won't tell them what you're wearing right now, either. But uh, So what? So you get in a little later now? And not, I, I get and in then, later, and uh, my wife and I have... We're... we're we uh, we don't go out uh, a tremendous amount um, mm -hmm. during the week, and so uh, my, is that mostly her or you? Uh, me mostly. Is that right? Um, she likes to cook. She she likes to be home as well. But you know, I'm, this is a, a pretty high energy, yeah. uh, draining kind of environment. So I like to get home. My home is uh, is very tranquil. Uh, it's in the, I, we live in the desert. I've got these beautiful dogs. Uh, we we garden, and it's a good place for me to restore my battery. What do you do for fun? Fun. I hike a lot mm -hmm. with my dogs. I work out a ton, and uh, at this point, um, that's it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a theoretical um, hobbyist, meaning I, I would like to fish, but I, I can't remember last time I did that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to fish in the desert. Isn't yeah. It? There's <laughs> not, not a lot of not stuff. Not fishing for fish. Yeah, but you, I bet you could, you, you got a shark reef. You could go down there. <laughs> I go to shark you reef. Should, that'd be fun to watch you do that. I, I think uh, people might complain. <laughs> that would be fun. Who's that crazy guy chumming over there? That would be interesting. That'd be a, that would make news right there. That would be, that'd be well, probably my last day. You know, so yeah. you've got, when I look at your background, and I know from the, when I interviewed you, prior you know art history urban planning which which really came in because you you took over and made a whole city center and did a whole big project and made self-sufficient sustaining buildings which is interesting because i know that your your electricity bill here is like three hundred fifty thousand dollars a day so it's <laughs> yes. a it's a pretty heavy, hefty kind of thing but that had to come in pretty handy it's kind of had to be kind of like a secret weapon for you guys well yes we felt I felt, and a lot of people agree with me here, that living in the desert, we had to take a different approach toward development. We had to stop being so belligerent to the environment in which we live. And uh, so we created a, a, a design mechanism and a development mechanism that, that ensures that everything we design and build will be at a gold level from the U.S. Green Building Council, meaning they're green buildings. They're as energy efficient as you can possibly be. Is this a softer side of them? The reason I say it yeah. like that, Jim, I mean, you, it's really interesting because I've sat in hotel rooms and I remember sitting one, not hotel rooms, but at a buffet once, you know. I'm, I'm a buffet kind of guy sometimes. <laughs> and I'm seeing this huge, huge mound of shrimp. Yeah. And I'm in the desert. And that's when it hit me like this stuff is trucked in here every day. Right. You know, just like New York City. I mean, you imagine just getting eggs in, milk in, things like that. 
you really got to sit down and, and say, we've got to do things differently because it just can't continue like this. That's right. So uh, all you have to do is, you know, fly over Lake Mead and see mm -hmm. uh, the water decline to know that we have a big problem. And uh, so we've taken that very uh, seriously. So, yes, I don't call it a softer side. I think it's a business imperative. Uh, it's like I table stakes. It is table stakes. You got to do it. You have to do it because leaders have to lead. Um, and the fact that we've done it, many of our competitors have done it as well, and we are collectively making a difference. And let's talk, take food, for example. Um, we are literally now uh, sourcing and putting people into business to grow uh, produce, uh, cattle, uh, vegetables closer here so we can reduce that trucking cost. Um, we've changed our entire menus in all of our employee dining rooms. We serve 42,000 meals a day to our employees. Uh, and uh, we felt that we had to make a difference there. We had to make a difference in their, their lives, nutrition, but also how we're sourcing food uh, to be more responsible. Because again, if you don't make these kind of changes, it, they, they accumulate and all of a sudden you look back and say, why didn't we do something about this problem? Whether it's childhood obesity, whether it's uh, healthcare, whether it's the environment, if, if companies like ours don't take stands and uh, define themselves uh, by a set of core values, uh, then we're complicit. We're well, just so where part did of the you, problem. Where did, that, that's not something they teach you at C-suite school, no. right? <laughs> so where did you pick up that kind of value or responsibility? Because, you know, I believe that. I'm a, I'm a small business. You know, my business is a lot smaller than yours. Uh, but I've been in the you know businesses like yours, and I think it's our responsibility to take, do some of that stuff. I I like provide full health care for my employees, and I'm a, that's, that's a big, it's a huge expense, a right? Deal. And and I do other things that we do, and and sometimes we'd like to think, geez, that's too much, but you know, that we you got to draw a line, right? So where did you get that from? Uh, I guess my father was, first off with my father, he was in the seminary for three years. So He's going to be a Jesuit priest. Yeah, luckily for me, he bailed. Otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Although I was reading back in the background, and my, t my team puts together a good dossier on you, that, that used to have, uh, 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 priests used to come to your house all the time for oh, dinner. All the time. I mean, we had yeah. Jes Jesuits like to drink. You know, yeah. they're out, so, uh, they're, they're, eat and drink. they're, <laughs> they're uh, happy, they're great to be around, they're intellectual, they're fun, they're fairly liberal-minded. Uh, and they, yeah, they love, you know, their, uh, their bourbon, scotch and beer. And, you know, we always had parties. My dad was a very, uh, he was a small time lawyer, small town, um, but a very social guy. And, uh, we had, was he a successful time. lawyer? Very successful in a small town. And yeah. he, he died very young of cancer. Mm. Um, so I, I'd say he's, he's right there. Uh, my brother, John, another one who passed away of cancer, um, my brother John, my wife and I started a cancer institute out yep. here, and he always said uh, when I was on Wall Street, um, he thought I had sold out. You know, I was guy just trying to make money, whereas he was literally, uh, you know, helping people, and and he was a real uh, a real caregiver, a real uh, real passionate person, and he always said, you know, just try to improve the world. That was his phrase, improve the world. Um, and Mr. Kokorian, Kirk Kokorian is an American hero. He's the founder of this company. This is a man who flew. I don't bombers. know if everyone would say that about him, but I do. I I have yeah. a lot of deep respect for him. But there's a lot of people I think are detractors to him as well. Well, let, let, let's look at it this way. So here's a guy who grew up dirt poor mm -hmm. in California, 
Um, he joined the Royal Canadian Air Force because he was too young to join the U.S. Air Force. He flew bombers um, for the United States government to, uh, to England. Uh, he uh, was shot down once. Um, he uh, has given away about $3 billion, mostly anonymously, uh, to a variety of charities. And yeah, there, he's a, Carol, he's a, he's a uh, complicated person because he's owned companies, he's mm -hmm. bought them, he's sold them, he's been a corporate raider. But at the end of the day, um, he is a great inspiration to me because he gives back. He's very humble and he gives back. How often do you meet with him? You know, he's going to turn 98 next month. Yeah, um, I talk to him every week. Uh, he's coming out for the fight. He's a huge boxing fan. Oh, we're, and we're talking about the big uh, <laughs> uh, big fight that's coming up here between May, Mayweather and Pacquiao. That's so that's right. going to be a big one. The fight of the century. Got extra tickets? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this is one of those where all the whales are the biggest. moment right yeah, there. Exactly. Well, it's uh, part of the deal. I mean, that's the na nature of the deal. Hey, I want to ask some fan questions, too. Um, Oh, but well, he's going to come out to the fight, though, right? He's coming to the fight. Well, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to be? You going to sit with him, or are you? Yeah, because he, he likes to sit where I like to sit. We don't yeah. sit on the floor. We're. we're I like it back. It's we, a little too yeah, close. I like to be above uh, the the rope line, so you're going to kind of, you know, I don't like. When you go to a theater or whatever, do you, where do you sit? I like. I always like to sit in the back row. I, I'm in the back third all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like that, and I like the aisle. How about you? I, I go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, 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 I won't even get to I, I need the aisle. I I'm the same the aisle. way. I'm the same way. I, I, and I'm kind of like, you know, from South Dakota. And Wild Bill Hickok, didn't he? he had his back to the door. Yeah, Don't ever do that. Door. Don't ever you do know, that. Know, where you, know, you know your escape routes. Hey, well, I always ask fan questions, and I thought this was a good one. This is from Tom White. He's, he's my partner. He also runs the C-Suite Network. And he, he I, I'm going to let this one slide in because I thought it was a good one. He said, what cultural changes did you have to make to do business in Macau? You, you, you have to be very clear that you can't impose, you know, the U.S.-centric view of the world in yeah. another country. Yeah. So culturally, uh, it's a very different environment. How you hire people, how you train people. But that, you, you can apply them. that in Iowa, too, can't you? Well, I mean, <laughs> in Maryland, and, uh, yeah, right? I every mean, you, place, you have, to be, you have to be global. You have, yeah. We're a global company, but you have to localize your mm, business. That's a good way of saying it. You know, uh, another one I thought was really good, Jeff Mesnick, Context M uh, Content MX. He said, in what markets uh, where news seems to be the most interesting? So what, what markets uh, do you think are the most interesting, and how do you invent and reinvent the G MGM brand? So MGM... Uh, we, already talked about, we already talked about Shanghai. We talked about Maryland. Yeah. I mean, if you could go anywhere else, where would you go? Well, we're spending a lot of time in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, Japan is debating an interest resort bill right now. Is it now. coming back? Yeah, Japan it, coming back? It's slowly coming back. Mm -hmm. The Abenomics is starting to work. Um, the uh, the stock market's improved. There's a tremendous amount of wealth there. And what they're trying to do as a country is to promote international tourism, particularly in, in the fact that they're having the Olympics in 2020 in Tokyo. Yeah. And that is going to require foreign investment. And so... We're spending a lot of time there. That's a very exciting market. Uh, I know that uh, here in Las Vegas, the key is to reinvent Las Vegas. And that's what we spend a lot of our time on. Why would you continue to come back to Las Vegas? Because you want to see something new and exciting, something you haven't seen before, a new type of entertainment, new type of uh, culinary uh, experience, new type of room environment, new technologies. 
uh, music festivals are massive. And well, you see these clubs, these um, you know new new music clubs that are popping up everywhere. Those are hot. I know you guys Very have been involved in a lot of that. You know, Bill Hornbuckle, who I know, uh, you know, your president and CMO. He was talking to me about you guys are always thinking about inventing new businesses and finding businesses to establish themselves in here. We have to because uh, people come here. You, no one has to come to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not curing cancer here. Yeah. Um, people come here because they want to reconnect with friends, family, business associates. They want to have a good time. They want experiences. It's all about the experiences. Um, and... So we're always looking for the new things. So what are the new ideas? Uh, and it's not all naughty either. You know, I know that Las Vegas does have a little bit of that flair, but I mean, this is a business city. I mean, you, I'm coming here. To, I'm coming here a couple times a month, and I'm here to do business with the folks that are here to do business. We're we're doing so much business here. We're expanding the Mandalay Convention Center now, over 300,000 square foot expansion. It's one of the largest convention centers in the United States. Oh, it's huge, yeah. It's massive. You got that big car show that's there all we the time. We do Bear Jackson shows yeah. there. We do uh, the jewelry show is out here every year at Mandalay. Um, no, this is a place where people are doing business because technology is great. It's a great, great tool, but meeting people, connecting with people is, is critical. And this is a, a place where people are coming together. So the convention business is very important. Um, the incentive business is very important. F- these music festivals that I mentioned, um, that's the kind of uh, entertainment people want to consume right now. They're less likely to sit in a theater for a few hours. Mm-hmm. They want to sample entertainment. You they think want- the big shows are over? I think the big shows have plateaued. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean, you, there's still some that are pretty hot. You, mean, you know, I think about... I don't know if they're your shows or not, so I'm, I'm going to say them anyway, and I don't think you mind. But, but you know, Celine, uh, Elton John, uh, those are great, iconic kinds of things. But you, you don't see the, the old, uh, you know, who was the Tiger guys? Um, yeah, the, Sigfield the Roy. Oh, you mean, yeah. no, Sigfield yeah, Roy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't see those shows like that as no. much anymore. You see in smaller venues, a little bit more intense probably, and they turn a little bit. Yeah, so the Coliseum, which Caesars has, uh, has Elton John and mm-hmm. Celine, and, and that's a good format. Um, it's about a 4,000-seat theater. Uh, there are resident shows, and because you can always find somebody like Shania Twain was recently there. I, I love Shania Twain. She's great. Um, so I, that is always going to be exciting because there are always performers that want to perform here. Uh, and we do so much of that. We, we sold 7 million tickets last year here in Las Vegas in our theaters and our arenas. So it's all about entertainment, but it's changing. It's not the Rat Pack and the, and the standing shows. Right now it's more sports. So we brought the Pac-12 basketball tournament out here to the MGM. Uh, the Pac-12 loves it. People said, oh no, you can't have a college tournament out here. You're gonna like grow two heads or something like that because we're, you got casinos here. But, well, what? but but there's a lot of adult fans that are gonna come and well, eat, drink and relax and take their time and have so a good- So now the commissioner of Pac-12 loves, I mean, they right. love it because they realize this is where their fans want to be. That's where the alumni want to be, the, the and coaches. You, you know, and you know you're always going to have good weather, and you got a place that's safe. It's, and, and convenient hotel rooms. Yeah, I, let me ask you another question. That, uh, I think this is a good one. Jason um, Thorgerson from UVS, uh, UVS asks, what are the most important thing that MGM does to drive customer loyalty? Because you, you, I know you got the M Life program, yeah. but what, what, are the, what are the core pieces that you know, a business owner or leader listening to could say, wow, I could do that too. 
yes, we, we do have loyalty programs like any retail-facing company, but the most important um, a, a dimension to loyalty is the employee-to-customer relationship. It's mm -hmm. that personal experience. Um, it's, you know, a customer here, a tourist, going up to a security person saying, you know, where is Prime? Or it's somebody going out of their way to not pointing to where it is, but actually walking them to someplace. It's that you can't believe that kind of experience because the best marketing for us is that word of mouth marketing. So when people go home to South Dakota or Connecticut or Texas. Hey, nice to work both of our home states. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. That yeah, was yeah, pretty I good. Um, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give your, your PR guy, Clark, uh, <laughs> extra points for that. That but, was good. But it's all about what you say when you go home. Right. You know, and if you have a bad time, you may never tell me. Right. We just won't come back. Yeah, you tell other people. You'll though. tell a lot of people. Yeah. But if you have a good time, you're going to tell people that I saw something I've never seen before. And, and it's mostly, it's not because we have these beautiful resorts. It's about the people in here that made you feel really special. Do, do the bad things ever get back up to you? I get, I get complaint letters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They, they I, make it through. I mean, yeah. it was not a CMO. I, I would see them sometimes or they'd yeah. go to the chairman and I would get those. I was usually always the one that always well, had to kind of respond to them, but the, and took care of them, you know, but not always the CEO would tell some do. Well, I insist on it because every single property, um, you know, has to collect everything and, and there is a 48 hour turnaround on any kind of uh, customer response. So if we get any kind of constructive criticism or a, a, a full on complaint, Many times they're warranted. We we fell down, uh, and we need to have a service recovery. Other well, times you're gonna, you're gonna make mistakes. I mean, so you got right. this many employees, you got this many opportunities to make mistakes. You do, we're all human, and it's but it's how you deal with it. Always and, is how you deal. And it. all of our people at the senior management level are compensated based on how they do on their on their service scores. Mm -hmm. And so we have outside auditors that come in and secret shoppers that come in, and we look at. Um, all that data, and that's what the men and women are compensated on that run these. Do you get that? Do you have that for everybody? Do you, you kind of like be, believe you get what you measure? We have to measure. If you don't measure something, you can't change yeah. anything. What are the biggest met? So, uh, do you have a, a little dashboard that you come into every day and you look at and you? Like I, when I used to run a print shop, I used to, at the end of the day, I would look at the Z out on the cash register. Okay. Okay. Remember those? Yeah. yeah. And, and I was Z out and it would, and I would know, and I would know what, all I did against last day, what the average was for the month, what it was the average for the month, the previous year. And I knew that was my little, you know, little scorecard of how I was doing that month. Do you have something like that that you look every at every day? single, every single property has a, a daily dashboard. Mm -hmm. Every single property has a daily operating report. Uh, all those are funneled up to me um, as the CEO and the guy across the hall, my chief operating officer, Corey Sanders. Mm -hmm. So I get that electronic. We have an entire team, about 300 people in our, our FP&A, our financial planning and analysis department, that do nothing but crunch, these crunch all these numbers, put it into you know a, a, an environment that we can use the data in order to make business decisions because... If you don't have that, by the time you make a decision, it's too late. Way too late, and you've lost a lot of money, and you guys are running on great margins. What, 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 so do you do you see something every once in a while where just like a, you know, it's almost like the proxeter letter, and somebody rings across, Corey runs and said, did you see this? Did you see this? Is there something like that that's happened where you just go like, what went wrong? And you well, have to pick up the phone? We've had, uh, I, I had a, a, a woman uh, I talked to yesterday, 
who um, is the uh, wife of a board member who passed away. I, I called her just to say how she's doing. Her, her uh, husband passed away 11 months ago. And she, uh, was, it was nice to chat with her. She appreciated the call. And she, I said, so, you know, how are we doing? She said, well, you really want to know? I said, yeah. <laughs> you like those? She said, well, you know, I go to Kristoff. That's our hair salon yeah. in Jim Grand. I've been on Kristoff for years. I love uh, the people there. Last time I went there, I had the worst experience I've ever had. The woman at the front desk wasn't uh, well kept. Her hair was greasy. They didn't treat me well. Mm. Um, so uh, we made a change that day. Um, Would you go wash somebody's hair or something? Uh, yeah, or <laughs> exactly. They're in a hair salon, for God's sake. Exactly. <laughs> Step number one, use yeah, the product. That's exactly. <laughs> no, um, I, get, I get a lot of feedback. The, the big ones are when we, on a bad bad day when a, ser a product or a service goes down. Yeah. A technology Like you, lo you lose something. And we, we, we yeah. lose. Like hot water. We lo yeah. We've lost hot water. We've lost water. We've mm -hmm. lost power. Um, we've lost our technology, some of our technology systems so people can't check into a hotel. You know, fortunately, that happens rarely, but those are the epic bad ones. The epic good ones are when you have a, a day when you see, oh my gosh, you know, we had a record day at, in the buffet. We had a record day. We had um, several record days in our hotel in, 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 uh, over the New Year's period. So then you go and try to find out what did we do and then Let's what do that we do? Again. Yeah, do it again. Yeah, right? exactly. Let me, so I have to take a break for a second because uh, one of the things I, I run on, and when you're in Vegas, you got to run on coffee. And uh, Duncan has been there for us, and Las Vegas runs on Duncan. America runs on Duncan. These guys sell like 1.7 billion cups of high, hot and iced coffee all year round. Do you do you drink coffee? I love coffee. I love Dunkin'. Do you? I do. I do like it. I I, I, I drink their espresso. I'm I'm a kind of remember. Espresso. I'm from the East Coast. Oh, that's right. So yeah. you know, we grew up. We're weaned on. What's Dunkin'. your favorite? What? Do, how do you take your coffee? Uh, a little bit of milk, not too a much. A little I bit milk or cream? Do you like cream? I like well, cream. Well, it depends if I worked out. If I if I worked really? out, I go. Do with you the make cream. that much of a decision? Now I'm gonna have I, a cream. I'm pretty anal about that stuff. Wow, man, I, I, you are, but you are, you're kind of like, you're, you're a little tight that way. All right. All right. Now I want to get into, I, I got to ask you, cause I have something I call rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So this is just me asking questions and I just want to know that my team helps me put these together. I think it's great. And some of these are based on your past. This is going to be fun. Uh, what is the charter and standing rules? Do you know that? I do not. Okay, so this is the oldest continuous observed tradition in your alma mater, Trinity College. The Charter and Standing Rules is the culmination of the President's Convocation, an inspirational welcome for the incoming class and the opening, official opening of the academic year. And you know, even I, that makes me mad. Why, wow. why would my team pull that together? Wow. I'm going to give you a mulligan on that one because <laughs> even that's not, that's, that's wow. tough. All right, well, hey, what's the Trinity College mascot? The bantam, which is a, a rooster, a right? Fighting cock. Fighting cock. Well, well, you can luckily you can say that on a podcast. Hey, here, here, this is it—the fight of the century. MGM Grand on May second. Who are you picking, Mayweather or Pacquiao? I'm picking MGM. <laughs> do you? Do you? you know, are you seriously? You're not going to go place a bet? Can't, hey, by the way, can you place a bet? Uh, yes, I could. You, you, and no, to, I won't. <laughs> do you? Do you have to disclose that that you placed a bet? We uh, no, not if I. Put a bet on another property. I don't. We. I'm not allowed to gamble at any any of the MGM Resorts properties. Oh, but, oh, but I can that, go to okay. another sports book. Is that kind of a? Is that because? Is that a, a state rule or a gambling rule? No, or? it's an internal rule because 
it, no, no good, good can come out of it. It's a good internal rule. Right. It's like, it's like one of those things like you, like, look, if you owned a restaurant and, or, or you're a manager of a restaurant, you can't go make change in the cash register and, and by for the way, yourself, that's right? right? I and mean, that that's the same kind of thing, right? That extends to my 83-year-old mom. My mom, if my mom came here to Bellagio and played a slot machine and won a jackpot, how's that going to look? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Hey, There's mom. No on yeah, you're hoping. You're either. You're, ho I'm you're hoping, hoping she loses. You're hoping Uncle Joe's not showing up, right? You know, that's what right. I'm saying. Hey, uh, now I don't even know this guy's name, but Tom Colicchio or Wolfgang Puck? Is it Colicchio? Is that the, the? He, he Tom Colicchio is a great chef. It's a chef, right? He is a chef, and Wolfgang Puck, you both great chefs. Which Tom, which one's Colicchio's restaurant? He has craft steak. At, oh, the craft steaks. At Those MGM are yeah, and craft steak. bar, everything. Yeah, yeah. yes, that's oh, right. Oh yeah, he's and in hot. New York, craft. Yeah, yeah, craft in in very. Uh, very hot. Which, well, which one? Um, I'm a Tom Colicchio fan because I love steaks, but Wolfgang is a he's legend. Got, he's got some good ones, too, of course. Yeah. You know, I was just at one of his restaurants in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I've, I've seen Tom uh, more recently, so I'll go with Tom. Okay, okay. That's all right. You're, you're lightening up. I still want to come back to Mayweather or Pacquiao. But, um, okay, uh, Pagal Poker or Texas Hold'em? Uh, Hold'em. Hold'em, yeah, I'm with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, who, who was in the Rat Pack? You have to name them all. Oh, come on. I'm yeah, no, come on. Uh, no, come on. Yeah. Uh, we got... Uh, uh, come on, you almost had it. Sammy Davis Jr. Yes, that's two. Uh, and then the good-looking guy... Um, Italian guy. There's a couple uh, of them. There's two good-looking guys. Cause I, and the one isn't as good-looking. There's three more. Mar uh, Dean uh, Martin. Dean Martin. There he goes, three. I can't, I, I can't get the other. Okay, come on. Now, one of them was uh, JFK's um, relative of JFK. That wouldn't help. Peter Lawford. Peter Lawford, and one more. There's one more, and I know you're not going to get this one, but when I say it, you're going to go, ah, Joey Bishop. Uh, Joey Bishop. Say, uh, yeah, see? What, what was I'm, an old, I'm not that old. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, Vegas. I would think you would know that with Vegas. I mean, come on. All right. All right. Um, oh, this one. Oh, I, you know, they wanted me to ask you Las Vegas or Macau, but that's like deciding on which kid you got to pick, right? You know, I, my, my home is here. I yeah, live here. Yeah. Um, I love Los but you, Vegas. But you're not, I mean, Macau's Macau. I mean, that's Macau pretty cool. Macau makes a lot of money. Macau is evolving. Macau is exciting. We're, we're building a $3 billion property there right now. Um, but if you have to pick a place where, I pick a place where I raise my kids, which is right here. Yeah. Where do you think, you, where, you think you'll always live here? Are you going to retire here, you think? I like no state income tax. Yeah, well, I, hey, come like to South Dakota. South Dakota, we don't have that. I like our Come winter. on, South Dakota. Yeah, the winter. <laughs> it's that winter. Summer. Okay, <laughs> come up in the summer. Yeah, come see us. I'm come on, take on the horses. I'm not anymore. My blood's thinned out. <laughs> All right, one more, one more rapid fire. Watercolor or oil painting? Oil painting. Yeah, I am too. I, you know, I'm a, I love art. Not nearly as much as you, you've yeah. done because you've studied it, but I, I'm an oil. I, I like oil. So I love the texture. I love, I love the vibrance. Who's your favorite painter? Um, my favorite painter is my mom. Is that too corny? No, it's not uh, at all. My, yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. What did she, corny, but do you have some of her paintings in your house? I do. Um, I have two, two moms in my house. My mom and my mom-in-law, both are artists. Mm. And uh, we have both of them well Don't you want displayed. to put a plug in for your mother? My mother-in-law? Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's great too. Yeah, there you go. Okay, <laughs> she's to, outstanding. She's probably going to And by the way, she taught... Uh, art in uh, the public school system in Baltimore for Isn't that 30 cool? years. So, what, uh, what are they sentimental or is it is it, are these it because they both have talent? Yeah. Um, I think my mother-in-law is more accomplished than mm -hmm. my mom, um, but they both have a lot of talent. But uh, I just feel their personalities in their work, 
and it makes me feel closer to them because I don't get to see them a lot. Yeah, when I get when I get when I get to where I want to be someday, and go back to South Dakota more, I want to paint. Okay. Yeah, I really do. I really invite me up there. I'll I'll, I'll put an easel next to yours. No, I was actually my house is what I was thinking. My house. (laughs) No, no. You know, no, no, I'm serious. I'm actually serious. I really do. I I, I like to doodle and do all that. So someday I want to do that. I would like to do that. But I'd actually like to probably hang out with you in Rome sometime. I'd, because I'd I, you, you studied there, right? I did. I spent a, a year there in my, it was my junior year in college. And my wife and I were there last summer, and, and I've been there many, many times for business, but I never went there alone with my wife. You know, you know you, you'd probably do this too, where we travel and we go and we go and we work, but I don't spend the time to go see the things because I'm not doing it with the person that I want to spend that's the time right. with. That's right. That's, that's one of the uh, advantages... Uh, even though I don't get to see my children as much because they're off in school, as an empty nester now, Heather goes with me mm-hmm. on a lot of, and we do. Uh, do you have a rule like that? Or if you spend so many days, she's with you? Uh, we do. And yeah. she, she's pretty militant on my calendar, too, to make sure that I'm, I'm not too backed up on travel. My wife does the same thing. She has a tougher time with me on the travel because I'm, I'm a freak about just going and doing everything and spending too much time. But but uh, but I'm building it. So let me I, I want to give you a shameless plug. You can plug anything you can plug. You can plug one of your charities. You can plug a property. You can plug a hamburger. You can plug whatever you want. I, but I always just as a way to say and thanks for coming on the show. What would you like to plug? Well, I, I just today uh, we had uh, the kickoff of our foundation. The MGM Foundation uh, gives away millions of dollars a year. Uh, these are employees uh, that give away the money. So I guess the plug would be uh, a thank you to our employees and to and to just uh, say that you know it's 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 great to give. And uh, I, I I'm not going to pick a, a a worthy charity. There's so many of them. They do that. Don't they, they do that. Yeah. So we create the framework for that. Um, I'm just incredibly proud of the fact that uh, so many, the majority of our employees, these these 60 odd thousand employees, give back their money, their time, their their talents, their energy, their love into communities, and that's the most rewarding part of my job. You know, and I, you know, Jim, I'll say that because some people say, well, that's just a CEO speaking, CEO talk, but I know that's not CEO talk because I've seen me. you talk about it many times. Yeah. And I see how you react to it. And I've been in the rooms with those employees and I've watched them tell me the story and cry. Mm-hmm. And it, it meant so much to them about the things you guys do. So uh, hats off to you. I want to thank you very much for all you do and, and for sharing the time with us here uh, on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's great to see you again. scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.